0: So we're up to Commandment number nine today, and we're not skipping number eight. Uh, Reverend DeYoung covered Commandment number eight last week. Did you catch that at the beginning of his sermon? And uh, if I was going to do Commandment number eight, that was the focus I was going to have too, because Commandment number eight is "Do not steal," and that core passage on tithes and offerings in the Bible, Malachi 3, that Pastor Burt referenced to us, is in the context of stealing. Malachi 3, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And then God's people in the Old Testament said, well, how in the world are we robbing you? How in the world are we stealing from you? And the people in that day were stealing from God by withholding their tithes and offerings. So the opposite of stealing is being giving, being good stewards, not only of our money, but that's an important part of our lives, but our, our money, our time, our talents, all our resources. So stewardship, that that helpful message I thought we had last week, stewardship of all that we have and all that we are, that is the ultimate antidote to do not steal in the eighth commandment. So today it's commandment number 9. We're going to read the very first text is really Exodus 20:16. And that's the commandment itself. That's our focus this morning. And it says in Exodus 20:16, you shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor. And then this is our New Testament text, 1 Peter 4, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And then the summary of the Bible on the ninth commandment as we've been looking at the Heidelberg Bible study series. If you could please read the answer like you've been doing the last weeks, that would be great. I'll ask the question, what is the aim of the ninth commandment? Thank you. People of God here at Faith this morning, we often think of this commandment, uh, we put it even shorter than it is in the Bible, as short as it is, with do not lie. And that's not altogether wrong. It's do not lie. A while back, there was a, a published list of the greatest American fibs. Here's some of them The check is in the mail. Give me your number and the doctor will call you right back. How many times have we heard that one? One size fits all. Leave your resume and we'll keep it on file. I just need five minutes of your time. Or how about this one. I'll start my diet tomorrow. Or this, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Open wide. It won't hurt a bit. But the ninth commandment is not exactly do not lie. It's do not bear false witness or testimony against your neighbor. And the very first thing that that brings to mind is courtroom language, right? When you talk about testimony and a witness. And that makes sense because some of what God was doing in these commandments was about the establishment of principles for a just society. And he was doing that in a special way with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament times. And believers today, whatever type of nation they live in, with whatever laws, whether they are for the most part just or people live in a nation where the laws are unjust, We're we're still called as God's people to live by these same principles. The principles of God's kingdom above all other principles. But of course, the commandment applies beyond courtroom situations. And actually, that idea of testimony, which is right in the commandment, witness or testimony, takes us there. It takes us to the courtroom, but if you think of that word testimony, it takes us beyond the courtroom too. First of all, all people have a testimony. You might not think you have a testimony. You're not someone who goes around sharing your testimony, but you do have a testimony. Not just you, not just me here in this church building, Every person's life bears witness to something. Whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or an agnostic. An agnostic is like, I'm not really sure if God does exist. I'm not, to- I'm not sure on what to believe. Whether you're in that position or you're an outright atheist, your life testifies to something. Even when a person's not consciously thinking about it, maybe especially then actually, what's in our hearts, what's in our minds, what we value most comes out. You can see it in the way people live, in the way they talk, the types of conversations they have, the way they work, how they spend their free time. If you could open up we're talking about finances we did last week if you could open up someone's financial spreadsheet and have access to that very private information and see how they're spending money it would tell you i can tell you immediately what they value what their testimony is all of that all of our life gives witness to what is inside of us as People of God, we want to give witness to Jesus, don't we? We want Him to be our testimony, our relationship with Him. We want to give testimony to the fact that He's our Savior, that He's our Lord, that He died to set us free, that we belong to Him because of the plan and the grace of God through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we want to bear witness to the fact that he's not just for me. He's not just for us. But all who believe in Jesus will be saved. And I pray this morning that that you have that testimony. And if you don't, and you're wondering about it, and you're ready to discuss it with someone, please. Talk to me. Talk to me after the service. Send me an email. Call me this week. I'd love to have that conversation with you so we can figure that out together. What does it mean to bear witness to Jesus, to belong to him? What is, maybe, maybe you're in a place that you've wondered, what, what is this? What's this all about? I'd, I'd be happy, I'd be privileged to talk to you about that. But now, a step further, maybe a step deeper. And that is, what is your testimony saying to others? It's one thing, what you think and what you know and what you believe. It's one thing to have a testimony, but it's actually another thing to ask, what is my testimony saying to others? In other words, how does your testimony actually bear itself out? What is it actually saying to others? And we need to ask ourselves that because our tendency is to delude ourselves. And sin and brokenness does that. Our tendency is to judge other people and their life and their hardened testimony and to assume that we're doing just fine. Our tendency is to rationalize our behaviors, our life, what's going on in our minds, even if it actually does not jive with our testimony. Another very prominent person went down because he had an extramarital affair. I don't know whether or not Petraeus is a professing Christian, but I'm willing to bet that having an affair went contrary. It went contrary to who he wanted to be in his heart as a person. But somehow, he went ahead with this relationship. He rationalized what he did, even though I'm sure it contradicted who he wanted to be. And we all rationalize our inconsistencies to some extent. And sometimes the results can be very, very damaging. So we need to not only ask, what is my testimony, but ask, are there ways that I am undercutting my personal testimony of Christ within me? And if we read this answer to Lord's Day 43, we've got to admit that we really have blown it on this one. It's not enough in the ninth commandment to say, I have never lied in court, so I'm good. I've got a pass on this one. If you look carefully, you have probably done pretty much everything else in this list in Lord's Day 43, like I have. I want to I convince you of that. Twist no one's words. Have you ever retold a story so that you look like the hero and everyone else looks like a dork, but that's not really the case? You weren't really the hero? How quickly don't we emphasize the nasty things someone said and then we leave out in our telling the hurtful things that we might have said? How often don't we tell a story as if our interpretation of what happened Were the facts, only to have to stop short when someone says, Really? Is that exactly what so and so said? And we're like, Eh. Any, it says, no gossip or slander. We can gossip in two ways by passing along a rumor that may not be true for sure, or by passing along something true that could be hurtful so what we should ask is would the person I'm about to share something about be happy for other people to know this would the person I'm about to share something about be happy if other people knew this that I was sharing it or ask this if I share this story what will be the good things that will come out of it? You maybe heard about the pastor who had a really hard-hitting sermon one Sunday on the tongue and on gossip uh, for his small-town church. And after the service, one longtime parishioner said, Reverend, we don't gossip around here. All the stuff we say about folks is true. But with juicy information, we should err on the side of keeping the circles as small as possible. Proverbs 18.8 says, avoid being a whisperer. And you, you get what that's saying. Nor join in condemning anyone without a hearing or without a just cause. There's something really biblical about uh, uh, the the core principle of our judicial system, innocent until proven guilty. We should not rush to judgment on anyone in the courts, but also we shouldn't do it in day-to-day life, right? Jesus says, Matthew 7, 1, do not judge. Rather, in court and everywhere else, I should avoid lying and deceit of every kind. You know what makes that hard? The words of every kind of every kind how often don't we tweak stories just a little bit exaggerate our part in that basketball game exaggerate the size of that fish or even fudge on how early we get up in the morning or how many hours we work in the week just to sound a little more impressive to the people we're talking to the worst of it all is that in doing these things Our catechism says we're showing allegiance to the wrong person. It says that lies and deceit are devices the devil himself uses. And they would call down on me God's intense anger. It's good to deliberately do what we did. Because once we've admitted our issues... With false testimony to and about other people, then you know what? God has brought you and me exactly to the place where we need to come to. Understanding that we need His grace, understanding that we need His Son Jesus, who never broke this command or any other and instead spoke the truth always spoke it candidly and always spoke the truth in love. And he lived that perfect life and went to the cross to save people like you and me. Belonging to him in his strength as changed people with new and transformed hearts and lives, we can all really begin to make strides in living out our testimony of Jesus within. And then finally this morning comes the ultimate test of this commandment that I want to challenge you with. The ultimate test is now to ask, what is your testimony for others? This takes it deeper, and I believe it's where God wants us to take it today. 1 Peter 4.8 says, love each other deeply. Love is the summary of God's law. It's the summary of this 10-sermon series on the Ten Commandments. The first half of the commandments are about loving God and how we do that. The second half of the commandments, starting with 5 or some people start with 6, either 5 through 10 or 6 through 10, are about loving our neighbor. We love our neighbor by honoring those in authority over us. That's commandment number five. We love our neighbor by being people of life, commandment number six. We love others by not committing adultery and in marriage and outside of marriage, treating others as the temple of the Holy Spirit, commandment seven. We love others Commandment number eight, by not stealing, but by being good stewards of our resources. And now, number nine, we love others by not giving false testimony or by using our speech for good out of love. And asking, what is my testimony for others, ups the ante. Not only should my testimony be that I know Jesus, not only should my personal testimony that's in my heart be lived out for others to see, be consistent, and God through his word and spirit can help us in that, but also, thirdly, believers have the high calling that our testimony be for others. We should speak well of others, build them up, encourage them, make them look good even. This is a ninth commandment application of do unto others what I would have them do to me. How do we testify for others? What do I mean by that? Let me explain it in just one way. Be a PR person for others. Be their PR person. Ask, if I were a person's public relations person, how would I lift them up? Or if I had a PR person... What would I want put in my press release? Then you put that sort of stuff in the other person's press release. You maybe heard about this guy. I, I don't know who his name was, but he was an evangelical Christian originally from Prison Fellowship who was Mitt Romney's PR person. So his job was to promote Romney, right? One way he did that that I found interesting for, more, for Romney, who was a Mormon, was that he said this, and this was one of the messages. Hey, it's not about theology. It's not about that level of belief when you run for, for president, but it's about the values we all share. And I think any number of Christians could agree with that and did agree with many of Romney's values. So, you see what was happening? The PR person was putting the best possible light on the person he was working for. Now, when we talk about politics and the PR person, we've got to say we all know that PR people can go too far in politics. Sometimes you almost think it's to the point of blind, But when they do their job honorably... They look at their candidates, past and present, and put it all in the best possible light. That is what Christians need to do for others. Be their PR person. I know people who actually do that. And I'll tell you what, it is very rare, even among believers, but it's so refreshing. And when you see it practiced, You think, as a Christian, there's something that resonates. You're like, yeah, that's the way it should be. Lifting people up, putting their actions and their words in the best possible light, rather than thinking the absolute worst of them. It's so easy to talk about the stuff that's not great about people. But even if it's true, it's not right to talk about that. That is not doing whatever you can to advance your neighbor's good name. That is not speaking the truth in love. And I'm not saying we don't call out people when they've made mistakes or they get off track. Yes, we do. Speaking the truth in love demands that we do. But in your living room, around the dinner table, having coffee with friends, at lunch, at school, how do you speak about others? Do you lift them up or do you tear down? Do you advance their good name? This is an ultimate show of our love to others that we can do with our speech. This is an ultimate testimony to Jesus Christ within us. The ultimate is to have that personal testimony, to take that internal testimony, make sure it's saying to others what it's supposed to be saying, and then taking it even a step further and being a testimony for others. With Christ in us, we can really be people like that. What homes we would have What a church we would have. And you know what? I might be biased, but I already think we've got a wonderful church. I really do. But let's work on becoming even more loving and more caring than we already are by God's grace and use our speech to be building up one another all the time. Promote one another's good name. Speak well of each other. Just Love each other with your speech too. May that be your testimony. May that be our testimony all together. Amen.